Hey, it's Jay. And like you, I've been trying to make sense of the moment and trying to pick my spots for what I publish publicly. It just doesn't seem right to talk about marketing or even creativity, even though there's, I think, more of a sense of service to others that I feel when I talk about that topic. Um, didn't make sense to talk about those things, at least for a little while. So we kind of went dark on this show and really around the content that we publish for a time. And away from content, I've been talking to people and reading things and listening and just trying to stay informed and open my eyes, quite frankly, to what's happening. And honestly, I'm encouraged by a lot of what I'm seeing. This feels like a slightly different moment than similar precedents. It's terrible that we've had to go through so much to get to where we are right now, but I am hopeful that what's happening right now will become part of some systemic change. Now, the point of this show has always been to support the overall mission of marketing showrunners as an organization, which is to help you find and share your voice and make a difference so that collectively with the community that you create, you can shift the culture for the better. And we define that however you define that. That could be the broader society in which you live. That could be something really narrow having to do with a certain niche or domain or industry. This means that we try to put our editorial mission ahead of any business results. And we want to get back to serving that mission, to serving you. So we will be resuming this show and other content at Marketing Showrunners published on a consistent basis. And not every single piece we publish will acknowledge the current moment. In fact, many of those things are meant to be evergreen, things that you can come back to at any point. So while this podcast will focus on that editorial mission and will return to what we hope will be weekly episodes, although you never know, but we're going to set our goal at weekly every Monday morning. Um, for all my thoughts on this moment directly, you can visit my blog, jayacunzo.com slash blog, where I've written a little bit more about this. The last thing I want to say is this podcast has featured Black Americans and people of color just about one out of every 20 episodes. We have a problem. We're part of the overall problem. And so one of the things we're focused on behind the scenes is to fix that problem, to use our platforms and my personal platforms to amplify voices that need to be amplified, not just to discuss issues of justice and equality and race, but to discuss anything. To me, systemic change happens when the norm of the system here, the typical episode, Deconstructing a Great Podcast, amplifies a more diverse and inclusive set of voices. So yes, it's wonderful if we can do the one-off special edition once in a while, but it's even more powerful and more helpful if, in the course of regular events, our content is more inclusive. And like anything that we as people try, for me, this is about improvement over time. We're going to mess up. And quite frankly, we might face some criticism, but I think it's worth it to try. So give us feedback, give us your ideas, refer us to people that you think run great shows that deserve to be profiled. The idea here isn't to get back to content as usual. It's about continuing our editorial mission for you and using this platform to create systemic change. That change means we take the system we already have and make it more inclusive. Make no mistake, as showrunners ourselves, you, me, all of us, we all design and control systems in some way. Those systems can create a better culture. It's on all of us to try. Okay, 
So let's get into this episode where we notice the hosts of this show doing something really, really small, something that you might even think is like housekeeping or something really tiny, but they do it really effectively. And it was worth just pausing the show at that moment and trying to tease out what they do that we can learn from. So without further ado, let's kick off this episode of Three Clips. Sometimes in the creative world, a cliche becomes a cliche because the vast majority of people are using that thing poorly. Sometimes the cliche deserves to be used or at least taken more seriously and considered. But first, you have to understand what it's actually for. And so often that purpose has been lost, buried under all those instances of the cliché being used poorly. Today, we'll look at one of these massive clichés within the world of podcasting and re-examine its core purpose because it deserves to be used more often if we can do it well. This is Three Clips. Welcome back to the show. I'm Jay Akunzo. I'm the host of this show and also the founder of MarketingShowrunners.com. We teach makers and marketers how to use their voices to make a difference in the shows they create. And as a reminder, this is our Clipped series, where because of all the uh, daycares being closed, my schedule's been cut in half, all the quarantining, everything going on, uh, we all have truncated, well, pretty much everything's. So Clipped is our attempt to still provide value through this show, but we're going to do so by just selecting one clip Really quickly, the first thing that jumps out out of a show that we've selected, and we'll try to take away one big lesson from that one clip. But before we do that, we have to go back a little bit. And actually, that in and of itself, those words I just used, is the cliche. But let's go back a little bit. Richard Parks is the creator and host of the podcast, Richard's Famous Food Podcast, and he came on an earlier episode of Three Clips. In that episode, we looked at a clip of his where he tried to parody or subvert or at least playfully wink and nod towards a very common cliche. The cliche which is telling people, first, we have to step back. First, we have to go back. But before you hear this story, let's go back a little while. That's a really common storytelling or interviewing technique among podcasters. And and here's how Richard poked fun at it. This episode, I'm trying to make a more straight-ahead podcast. Woodcast? Woodcast. Podcast about uh, hard candy. Hard candy. And to understand hard candy, first you have to go back. So the idea with that little technique that is so common among lots of podcasters, and by the way, now that you know it exists, you're going to see it everywhere. But the idea behind that technique is that we want to give people what they need to hear to then understand what follows that moment. Here's what you have to understand first. Here's the missing context. Here's the backstory. Here's the bio. Here's the setup because we're going to give you the punchline. The thing is, unlike telling a joke, we actually have to tease the punchline before we start the setup. A little bit nuanced, maybe a little bit weird to hear. So today, let's look at a podcast called The Nod and an episode where they do this incredibly well. It's such a great storytelling technique. But first, some facts of the show. What is The Nod? The Nod is a podcast from Gimlet Media, which is a company that makes highly produced, mostly narrative-style shows about a wide range of topics. Their most popular podcasts are probably Startup and Reply All. And the company is now owned by Spotify after the streaming giant acquired Gimlet in 2019. Here's what Gimlet on their website has to say about The Nod and what it is. The Nod tells stories of black life that don't get told anywhere else. 
Our show ranges from an exploration of Purple Drinks Association with black culture to the story of an interracial drag troupe that traveled the nation in the 1940s. We celebrate the genius, the innovation, and the resilience that is so particular to being black in America and around the world. In the show, I love that they have a flair, like a sense for the dramatic, and yet there's a humor and a reverence and even a playfulness, even on episodes where they discuss serious topics. And oftentimes they'll start with something that on the surface doesn't sound so serious, like Purple Drink or a drag troupe from the 1940s, or in the case of the episode we look at today, Watchmen from HBO. This is a show where they could lead with something that you want to hear, like HBO's Watchmen, because it blew up, it got really popular. But then the hosts of The Nod are really great at stepping back because there's something you don't quite see on the surface. Or there's some context or history that might go unnoticed, but we can't fully understand the thing we want to understand until we first get this thing we need to hear. All right, so we're, we're almost at the clip. Just a heads up, before we play it, there is some cursing in case you're listening with kids or just prefer not to hear it. And this episode of The Nod starts first with a spoiler warning if you've never seen Watchmen before. And by the way, don't worry, we're not going to spoil the show for you today. And then one of the hosts of the show begins with a teaser to get us interested in what his episode will discuss. And the very next thing we hear is this clip. Watchmen is one of the most astute, honest commentaries on race in America that I've seen in a long time. And I'm so excited about that because there's no other show better suited to discuss Watchmen than this one. From Gimlet Media, this is The Nod, a podcast about Black culture from Blackness's biggest fans. I'm Eric Eddings. There's a lot of good superhero movies and TV out there, and I watch all that shit. I watch it because they can be a fun and kind of fantastical way to explore how we think about the problems and fixes for society. But Watchmen takes that idea and puts it on fucking steroids. It's smart, challenging, funny, and delightfully dark. So before we can get into just why and how this show blew my mind, I need to give you a bit of backstory. The TV show is based on the Watchmen comic. It's one of the most popular graphic novels of all time. It's set in this pretty crazy alternate reality. President Nixon never resigned. World War III was avoided because a giant squid fell on New York City. And regular people have been putting on masks to fight crime since the 1930s. But the TV show picks up today, in 2019, focusing on the origin story of one lone hero. And her name is Angela Avar. Angela is played by the legendary Regina King. And yes, that means that this show is all about a black woman. That alone is fucking rare. She's supposedly a baker by day, but at night, she's a mass detective, Sister Knight. Black as hell, I know. Her costume is this really cool, kind of badass nun outfit. But Regina King's nun isn't saving souls. She's laying hands. Calvary involved shooting last night, and I don't get a little bighorn until two hours ago? We were still working the scene. It was late. Mm. You gonna give me the speech now? What speech? About how I'm overreacting by calling Article 4, and I should calm down and take a breath. 
Fort Worth, Oregon. There's a guy in my trunk. I knew you were going to tell us to round up the likelies. I just got to jump on things. In this world, most cops wear masks, which is pretty fucking weird. But they put on the mask to protect their identities while they track down and investigate members of this villainous white supremacist group. Okay, so Eric uses a really, really simple storytelling structure. It's arguably the most underused yet very valuable single word that you can use when you host a show, when you want to raise intrigue, when you want to create an experience that people stay with and want to finish. It's a single word. It's just three letters. It's really, really tiny. But as anybody with a young kid can attest to, sometimes the tiniest things can change everything. It's the word, but. It's the smallest of the six types of open loops that we've discussed before. And like I said, it's underused and undervalued. It can raise the intrigue and the enjoyment that listeners feel with three letters. So here's how Eric does it. First, he gives you the status quo, then the conflict, and then he waits for the resolution. Those are the three elements of any story, really. Status quo, conflict, resolution. He gives you the first two, but he waits on the last one. That's the form of an open loop. I'm giving you a little bit. You really want closure. I'm not going to give it to you yet. I'm not going to give you that resolution quite yet. But this is almost hidden when he does it. But it's why we love the content. And see, even me using the word but there, it improves the content. All right, so here's, here's how Eric did it. The status quo. There's lots of superhero stuff in culture, and he loves all that shit. And then he says, but Watchmen takes that idea and puts it on steroids. Now, the resolution is obviously going to be what you're wondering, which is how? What did they do? How is this on steroids? Show me. Tell me. I want to know. But he waits on that. That's what the episode will be about. It's what he tells us it'll be about. And we crave that closure. I'm intrigued. Close the loop for me. So now that we have this reason to keep listening, it's right here that he can drop in that little cliche that I mentioned at the top of this episode. Except for Eric and the nod, it doesn't feel cliche. It feels earned, warranted, necessary. He says, before we get to just how Watchmen takes the superhero as explainer for culture and fixing problems and puts all that on steroids, before we get there, we need a bit of backstory. And I don't know about you, but I'm okay with that because what we need to hear is now framed inside of what we want to hear. It doesn't feel like a chore to get the backstory, to get the context. I think this technique becomes really ineffective for holding attention or even becomes cliche or cringeworthy when it's not set inside this open loop scenario, what I'd call an episode loop. You open the loop at the beginning of the episode and your plan with a listener is to close it, give them closure by the very end of the episode. So when you're inside an episode loop, it's not a cliche at all. The problem is that most hosts don't use an episode loop before they say, and now we have to take a step back. The thing is, if the story hasn't yet raised any intrigue, who cares about the backstory? Oftentimes, as podcasters, we just start with the backstory. It seems logical, right? We'll give you the tee-up, the precursor, the context of our guests and who they are, their bio, of how we made this episode. Maybe we're trying to address that directly. Or maybe it's a story that we're sharing from our own lives to try and tee up the major story or theme we're exploring later. And we often start with this stuff, with the backstory, with the context setting, because it feels like an obvious first step the audience needs, it's stuff they need to hear to understand the rest of the episode. They need to understand the backstory of a guest to fully appreciate and take seriously whatever story or advice they're about to offer. 
they need to understand the backstory of this episode that we're making because inside our process were some important insights for the listener. They need to hear the backstory of something we did because it affects what they are trying to do too. But have we made that clear? Have we given them a reason to care about what we think they need? Have we set some stakes up front for the episode? Have we started to open that loop, the closure of which will come at the end of our episode? Have we placed what they need to hear inside something they want to hear? Lead with what they want, then say, okay, to get to what you want, there's something you first need to know. Let's visit that first. I don't care what you explore. Race, politics, or history, reality TV, marketing, sales, HR, compliance. Uh, It's a conversation. It's a spooky story. It's comedy. It doesn't matter what you explore or even the style of episode you do. There are things that you feel the listener needs to hear to understand the rest of the episode. But they first need to understand why hearing that stuff will help them achieve what they want. This is how great hosts and storytellers and interviewers, great showrunners, operate. They blend the two together. Here's some stuff you want to explore. It's Watchmen. And here's something you need to know about it. Now, the need-to-know stuff wasn't all that difficult to consume. It was the facts of the show. But the facts of the show could be kind of boring, or you might not care. Or even if you do sort of care, you might just start to zone out as he gives you them. But instead, he framed this basic bit of information, the context about Watchmen, within that open loop. No matter what you explore on your show, what topics you cover, our shows are vehicles for making things better for the audience. We shouldn't just pander to them. It shouldn't even just help them. We should change them in some way, some way for the better, because they're spending so much time with us. We're taking them on a proprietary journey. We see something in the culture or our niche that's broken, and we wonder, what if we saw it through a different lens? What if we sought to understand it more deeply? What if we went deeper in a world trending shallow? That would help us go on a journey together to understand, to change, and yeah, maybe to enjoy ourselves along the way. We see the mountain peak, and the show is how we hack through the jungle on the way there. We don't just inform or entertain our listeners, we change them. To do that, we have to get used to creating content based on what we think they need to hear, not just what they already want to hear. We can't just pander. We have to raise questions and ideas and stories they didn't know to seek out on their own. But those two things, what they need to hear and what they want to hear, they have to fit together. Okay, so uh, you're saying you want to be better at marketing tactics. So you're listening to our marketing podcast? Well, actually, you need to be more focused on marketing strategy. But don't worry, our discussion of marketing strategy is going to help you get what you want, which is to be better at the tactics. Okay, you, you want to grow your podcast? Well, actually, you need to be more focused on saying something that matters inside the show, on the content, the creative, the experience. But don't worry, doing that stuff and focusing there is what leads to the growth of your show. The problem with this kind of stuff is that it's easier to just say, well, actually, but it's also a terrible experience. It's easier to just try and hand out the nutrition that we aim to give people, the facts, the bio, the backstory, what the show is about, or even the context, the history, the full dive into what you have to know first before you know something else. It's easier just to start there, just to hand out those facts, because we're thinking, well, that's what they need to hear and in this spot in the episode. But the real trick is to weave together what they want with what we're convinced they need. 
Instead of saying, well, actually, we have to say, yeah, you're right. We do want to go there. We do want to understand this. But first, here's a question we haven't considered, which, if we can answer it, will help you answer the question that you're already asking, the thing you already want to know. That's what we're in the business of doing as showrunners. We ask and answer questions they didn't know to ask. We find and surface ideas and stories they didn't know existed. And when we do that, we help them see things differently and see things better, so things in their work and their lives get better too. That's what a transformational show is. The blending of wants and needs. Things you desire and the factual stuff. Things you can't wait to hear about and some necessary context. What they know to seek and what we want them to see. It's not just pure nutrition. Your show, like The Nod, is nutritious and delicious. Thanks so much for listening, and thank you to Casted, our presenting sponsor. Make sure you check out their platform if you're a marketer making a show over at casted.us. And one last reminder that if you're interested in the topic of making someone's favorite podcast, if you want to make something that's nutritious and delicious, well, you can subscribe to this show or you can get all of our content on our newsletter. It's sent once per week on Fridays, and it's a journey to try and understand the answer to a big question. What would it take to make your audience's favorite podcast? You can subscribe at marketingshowrunners.com. As always, I'm your host, Jay Akunzo, and I believe... This work we do, these shows we run, the creative that we ship, the service that we offer to other people, this work is not about who arrives. We're so obsessed with getting more people to arrive, to look our way, to visit our site, to download our show, but it's not about who arrives. It's about who stays. So big thank you for staying with me, and I'll talk to you on the next episode of Three Clips. See ya. This week's recommended read on the Marketing Showrunners blog. It's called Podcasting During the Pandemic. Listenership is fine, but one change reminds us of a looming issue. So the research group Edison Research and their SVP, Tom Webster, did this great little webinar that I attended about what changes they've noticed in content consumption and behavior around podcasting. And they broke it down by all kinds of demographics and behavior. And honestly, the punchline is that Podcasts are pretty steady state, if not up a little bit. But there is one change that I'd encourage you to read about in this article, that if we know about it, it's a reminder of a big opportunity we all face to build stronger communities around our show. So you can check out this article with a link at the bottom of your show notes or search the blog at marketingshowrunners.com.